Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, what's up, guys? First of all, thank you so much for all of the birthday wishes. It's really great um, because this is my birthday week. I wanted to take you guys back kind of way back to last year when I started my podcast, which used to be called Define Your Life, but now it's called Trust and Believe. And go back to the very first episode. You know, we're celebrating the birth of Shanti this week, and I think it's a good time for some of you who may not know me from my workouts, and maybe even if you do, just to go back to get the intro of who I am. We all sometimes need to go back and look at ourselves from where we were, where we came from, so that we can progress forward um, and really celebrate and really, really celebrate the success of our journey. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Very first episode, very first podcast I ever did. It's kind of fun to look back. I look forward to hearing your comments, and please go write a review because I want to give you guys what you need. Hey, what's up? My name is Sean T. Welcome to my very first podcast and my very first episode of my very first podcast, Define Your Life. Today, you're going to know a little more about me. You might know me from Insanity and Hip Hop Abs and Rock and Body, but... You know what? Today we're going to go a little deeper. We're going to learn a little more about me and hopefully you learn a little more about yourself. Just stay in your seat, keep listening, stay connected, and get ready to define your life. Every single one of you out there has the power to motivate and take their dreams beyond anything you ever thought possible. You have helped fitness become a lifestyle lifestyle. You have to be 100% authentic in who you are. What's up? This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. This is Define Your Life with Sean T. Hey, what's up? My name is Sean T. Some of you guys might know me from Hip Hop Abs, Insanity, Insanity the Asylum, or maybe you know me from T25. And now, the new Insanity Max 30. I'm usually the guy behind the screen yelling and screaming at you to dig deeper, or if you do Hip Hop Abs or Rock and Body, I'm like, hey, y'all. So... Right there, that tells you that I'm really serious sometimes, and my passion is to make you dig deep. And then sometimes I just want you to live and have a good time. Um, and when I dance, that's what it's about. So we can talk about fitness. We can talk about nutrition. And throughout this podcast with Define Your Life with Shanti, you will talk about that, and it will come up, and you will get those tips. But I think that life is all about what happens mentally and it can transfer to your body physically. So I want to start out by saying the reason that I got into fitness, number one, is because of the way that someone feels. When I was 50 pounds overweight, and I'll get more into that story, after I lost a few pounds, it was about how I felt that made me want to continue on this journey. And that's cool, and that's fun. I think everything starts with the mind, and with the mind, anything is possible. So that's kind of how it starts. You know, I'm the fitness guy in front of your screen or behind your screen, however you look at it, that wants you to dig deep, that wants you to succeed. And it starts with the mind and it's with the body. So you kind of know where I'm coming from. And that's cool. 
But I think that life is so much deeper than that. And it goes so much beyond the physical look and wanting the six pack and wanting the, the uh, biceps. So here we go. Define your life with Sean T. Why are you listening to this podcast? Well, hopefully you're listening to it for various different reasons. Um, not just the fact that you want to learn how to eat or you want to learn how to do a better push-up. Or maybe you want to listen to it because you want to jump higher. Well, the things you're going to listen to me talk about is going to make you jump higher on the inside. It's going to make your workout so much more amazing and so much more rewardable. Rewardable is not a word, but so much more rewarding. Sometimes I make mistakes. Yep, that's me. Sometimes you hear me in my videos and I'm like, I don't even remember the names of my own moves. And at that time, ladies and gentlemen, I really don't because I'm digging deep or I'm thinking about you. So let's get into the thought. Here we go. One of the things I want to really talk about is about my life, not just because I want to talk about me, but I want to talk about my life simply because I want you to understand that I understand what you're going through. I don't understand everybody's you know, path or I don't understand every second you're going through because I haven't experienced everything. But what I do understand is why I can tell you to push harder or dig deep or go further. Or, I, or I, sometimes I tell you, I just want you to love yourself um, and connect to your emotions. So here we go. Well, I grew up in Jersey, not with a lot of money. My mom was mad cool, though. Like, you know, even though we had to try to start the car 25 times before we could warm it up to go from Philly to Jersey, it didn't matter. It was all, the fa- it was all about the fact that we were going to get there and my mom was going to help us get there. It was just me and my brother. We were cool. We were fun. Uh, you know, my life really, I start remembering when I was around three years old, I lived in Philadelphia, we would hang out, but then going back to the car starting by the time we got five years old, instead of going to school in Philly, my mom wanted us to go to school in Jersey. It was where my grandmother lived. That's where she grew up. The school system was much better than where it was when we lived in Philly. And that was cool. It was just a drive every day and getting up at five thirty, I was over it, but there was something about the fact that. My mom was like, we got to do this. You got to go to school. We got to get up. I want the best for you. So you get up, you go outside. It's freezing cold. The car was black. It had one brown door or something like that. At least that's what I remember. And I remember sitting in the car. My mom really stressing out that she hoped that she can get the car started. But she got the car started. And every day we drove to Jersey. Got out the car. Went to my grandmother's house. It was always really rewarding going to my grandmother's house because my grandfather was a pastor. My grandmother was, you know, the preacher's wife. She was so sweet. Probably my favorite, my most favorite person I ever met before I got married, but we can talk about that later. But she was this like amazing woman. You walked in her house. She had breakfast ready for us. We could either go into the living room and fall asleep or we could just sit right at the kitchen table and eat. My brother always wanted pancakes. I hated pancakes. I always wanted eggs, scrambled eggs. I think I actually remember cooking them or her teaching me how to cook them for the first time when I was about five years old. And I thought I was the coolest person on the planet that I could crack an egg, scramble it, add a little bit of water to it, put it in a pan, cook it, and then I could eat it. I don't know why. I just thought that was the most amazing thing. So, yep, we get there. I probably would fall asleep, get up, go to the bus stop, go out to the bus stop. There's a bunch of kids out there. They were really cool. Some older, what I thought was like much older, but they were only like three years older. But when you're a kid, someone three years older seems really big. And then there were kids my age. My brother was one year older, so he still seemed a little bit too old for me. But I had my friend Carmen. She was so cool. Uh, she was my next door, na- next door neighbor. We would hang out. We would always laugh. We would come home together from kindergarten. She had a really big dog that I was really afraid of. I hated that dog. I remember her grandmother picking us up from the bus stop, which was only like maybe a hundred feet away, and us getting back to the house to her driveway and getting out, and this dog barking. And I was like, I hate this dog. Like. I hate this dog. But anyway, I did it every day. Either her grandmother picked us up or my grandmother did. Got back to the house. Had a good time. That's basically the result of my childhood. From the time I was like, you know, zero to five, zero to six, maybe maybe around six and a half, seven years old. I lived in Philly and had to travel every day. Then we moved to Jersey. We actually got enough money up to move to Jersey. My mom 
And we just kind of hung out. It was cool. Uh, the house was all right. You know, it was just like kind of general living. Then eight years old came. That was a very traumatic time in my life, which I don't want to get into now, but I just want to let everyone know right now that from the time I was eight to the time I was 13, something really crazy happened to me. It kind of shaped who I am. Most people would think that this thing that happened to me was like this ridiculously crazy, terrible thing that I could have taken a wrong turn and a wrong path down, but I didn't. I used it to propel me to the next level of whoever I was going to be. When I was 14 years old, I actually moved out of my mom's house and I actually moved into my grandmother's house. You kind of remember me talking about how it was a safe place for me. I love going there. So I decided I wanted to move in with her when I was 14 years old. Her and my grandmother. I mean, excuse me, her and my grandfather. They were so cool. I went to high school. And it was something about high school. When I first went to high school, I actually realized, like, oh, my God. Like, I felt free. I will tell you a quick story, though. When... I was 14 years old, and it was the first night at my grandmother's house. I remember getting into the room that they set me up in. My grandparents are kind of was settling in for the night, and I laid in my bed, and I just started crying, uncontrollably crying. Like, it was this weird feeling of I was really sad, but really happy at the same time. So my grandparents come running in the room. They were like, oh, my God, like, what's wrong? And they sat there. And they just kept asking what was wrong. And then all of a sudden, they stopped asking what was wrong. And my grandfather started praying. He just started praying. It was something really comforting about my grandmother and grandfather there just praying. I didn't want to talk about anything. I just needed to cry. That's why today, in today's age, when people don't want to cry, I'm like, why don't you want to cry? Crying is like, for me, the most amazing thing. And here's why. We all go through these crazy emotions, and some of my friends will tell you, if I start to get really sad and they say, don't get sad, I actually get annoyed. Because sometimes I feel like you need to go into those emotions to actually begin to heal yourself. You have to feel what it's like to not feel great so that you can really understand what it's like to feel better. So that night was groundbreaking. I actually finished crying, woke up the next day, and I felt amazing. I felt like a new person. I actually walked into high school and I felt like I was alive. I really felt like I was alive. Like I can't really explain it, but let me just tell you, it's like if something's really stressing you out and there's a weight lifted off of your shoulders, like when you get through that task. Well, for me, it was like that times a million. I didn't know what it was, but I do know that at 14 years old, that's when my life began. So I'm talking about emotions. I just talked about emotions and I'm going to like cut away from my childhood for a second. And I want to talk about emotions. And I think everyone here, or if you're listening to me, maybe you've never tried one of my workouts and that's totally fine. But I want you to understand something. Why am I unique as a fitness trainer? Well, for me, it's because I take my individual emotions and I take my individual experiences and that's how I'm able to motivate through the screen. So here's my process. Some people always ask me, yo, Sean, like, what do you do before you go and you shoot a workout program? Well, it's pretty fun. It's pretty simple. I don't find it to be that difficult. And here's why. I go to a place. Some people might find this weird. So brace yourself. I go to probably the deepest, darkest place that I could find that is in my history. You know, maybe it was a time when I was sexually abused or maybe it was just a time where I got in trouble one day. Or maybe it was a time where my mother had her curling iron on the sink and I actually grabbed it on the end that you use for your hair. And I burned my hands and the feeling that I had. And I ran to the corner store and got an ice cream sandwich. I just thought that maybe that's why ice cream sandwiches are my favorite kind of ice cream. <laughs> but anyway, I go to these mo emotions. Like, I go there. And I'm like, I literally, right before we film, I have my director. I say to my director, give me a minute. And I sit there in silence. And I try to go and I try to find this emotion. Why do I try to find this emotion? Because I feel the only reason I'm going to be able to connect to you is if I really connect to myself. Because I feel like with working out, 
it's not about the body 100%. I really honestly don't feel that, ladies and gentlemen. You might think that's the opposite, but let me tell you why I really don't feel that. If you look at all of my programs, you look at, let's start with Hip Hop Abs. I was a pretty thin guy, not the biggest chest in the world. I was lean, but my biceps weren't that big, but I was a dancer. I was feeling it. That's what I felt. I felt like I was living. I was dancing. Same thing with Rock and Body. Then Insanity comes, I bulk up. I'm bigger. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm trying something new. I want to create something that's hard, something that you use your body. You know, then Asylum comes and I go to 4.1% body fat. Contrary to popular belief, I was freaking miserable. I hated it. I wanted to drop the F-bomb just then, but I didn't. You know, I'm going to try to keep it cute here for the first podcast, but you will hear me curse. So just prepare yourself. Miserable at 4.1% body fat. Did I love the body I was in? Absolutely. Did I like the way I felt 100% of the time? No. But that's when I realized that you can't be that lean 100% of the time. Then Focus T25 comes. Until Insanity Max 30 came out, actually, Focus T25 is my favorite workout because you could go for it. You could not go for it. It was progressive movement. I think you just could always feel successful with something. And it always felt you, it always left you wanting to come back for more. That's what I liked about it. Some people think it's ridiculously hard. And I love that because everyone's on their own fitness journey and their own fitness level. But let's get back to the emotions. So I go into this really dark place and then we say, the director says, action. And then when I first look at the camera, if you ever heard of multitasking, I multitask in my brain. I literally think to myself, who am I talking to right now? Am I talking to the person that it's their first day working out ever? Am I talking to the person that only has one pound to go? Am I talking to someone who's scared? Am I talking to someone who just wants to dig deep? Or am I talking to someone who's like, Sean, give it to me. I want this to be the hardest thing ever. These are all the things that's going on in my mind. So when we're working out and I'm like, you're right there. You're right there. Really? I really think you're right there. And at that moment, I might be at a place in my life where maybe I was on a track and I had to push myself a little harder to cross the finish line with a faster time. Or maybe it was a time where I was struggling with my sexuality. And I'm like, you're right there. Like you have to find the power to tell someone, to tell your mom, to tell your brother. Yeah, you know, that's maybe what I'm thinking about. I think about so many different things when I'm teaching these workouts simply because there are so many different types of people in this world. Unique. You are unique. Now, I'm sitting here and I'm talking. I'm not trying to be inspirational or motivational. I'm really being me. I really talk like this. I really talk to my friends like this. Sometimes I could be in mid-laughter with my friends. I'm I'm talking about belly laugh. I'm talking about you don't even know. Like, I scream. Sometimes, hold on, can I make myself laugh right now? Sometimes I'm like, oh, my God. That might sound really ridiculously crazy, but sometimes I'm like that. And sometimes in the very next second, I will stop and look at whoever the friend is that I'm talking to and say, Whatever it is that I want to say. Maybe I just want to tell that person that I love them. Maybe I just want to express myself to them. Maybe I want to talk to them about something really serious and I cry. That might sound weird. It might sound a little bipolar. But that's me. That's just what I do. And what I take from that is that's the unique part of me. I don't hide anything. I don't filter anything. I especially don't hide myself or filter who I am. I don't really aspire to be everyone's best friend, nor do I aspire to have everyone buy my fitness programs. Whoever connects with Sean T is going to connect with Sean T. I can't control it. All I can say is if I'm the one that you want to lead you to a better body, maybe a better mind, then let's do it. But the other thing that you really don't know about that is like you are out there, even if you're listening, you've never done one of my programs, you inspire me because you're different. It goes back to what I was talking about or what I do or what I say when I'm in the middle of those workouts teaching and I'm talking to the camera. I love the fact that people are unique. Like, I want you to sit here and think about something. And I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about it after I say it. I'm asking you a couple questions. What's unique about you? Right. 
What is it about you? What is one thing you literally can't stand about yourself? Like people have said to you, like, oh my God, you're like this. Or maybe you look in the mirror and you hate that part about you. You know, what's one thing you love about you? What's one thing that you feel like you can make better? I just asked you a few questions. I just want to give you a second to think about it because I want to get into what being unique is really about. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, being unique. You can stand next to somebody and be completely different, but getting getting along just great. You know, most of the time, and I'm going to talk about body image simply because I'm a trainer, right? I can sit next to my best friend, Darren. You know, I can sit there. He can tell me, oh my gosh, Sean, like, I'm so jealous of you because you have these, like, your biceps and you don't even lift weights. Like, you know, you have your shoulders or whatever. And I look at him and I'm like, dude... Like, I wish I had your torso. He has this really long torso. He's really fit and his thin waist. And I have a short torso. And I always look at it like, oh, my God. Like, ugh. Yeah, I really look at myself like that sometimes. It's freaking annoying. So why is it that when we look in the mirror, we go to the worst possible thing? It kind of sucks, doesn't it? For me, I still go through it. Because I was 50 pounds overweight. And one day I'll tell you that story. Maybe you've heard it already. But I'll revisit it. But I'm standing next to Darren. He has this long torso. He has this very chiseled face. He's a really handsome guy. And I look at myself and I'm like, ugh, you have a round face. You know what I'm saying? Like you have cheeks. Yeah. I have okay abs most of the time. When I don't eat like crazy. or just hang out and drink NorCal margaritas, but we can talk about that later too. But the thing is, I'll never look like Darren. I can try my best to look like him and I will never, ever, 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 ever look like him. So then I have to look in the mirror and be like, so what is great about me? You know, I look in the mirror, I'm like, brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen. I'm like, gentlemen, gentlemen. I'm like, yo, I think I have one of the best butts in the world. That might sound crazy and you might be like, oh my God, but yo, it's, it's like really, really good. Like it's, it's really cool. Like I don't look at my biceps and my shoulders and my abs to, as my biggest asset, but I actually look at it. I'm like, so whenever I'm depressed and I'm feeling like, oh my God, like maybe I ate too much. Or I was on vacation or maybe I took a few days off and I feel a little bloated. I go in the mirror before I take a shower. I look at my ass. Yep. I do it. It makes me feel really good. (laughs) It's really funny, but it's true. Now, I'm talking simply about body image. So the whole point in this is that you'll never look like somebody else. You'll never look like the person to your right or your left. Even identical twins, you can find a difference. Everyone is different. That's externally. But internally, do you know what's amazing about internal difference? Is that you bring something great to this world. You know, some people think... You know, I talk too much in my videos. They're like, ugh, I just want to mute you because whatever. I'm like, that's fine, but I'm still going to say what I have to say because there's other people out there who are like, they like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If somebody doesn't like you, that's fine. As long as you live by the golden rule. At least that's my choice. I'm not a preacher at all, but I do want to talk about the golden rule for a second. So here's the story. I'm six years old. I'm in first grade. I'm totally like, you know, I'm a really good student. Some people might think I was a kiss up, but I did like smiling at my teachers that smiled back. I thought this story was really nice that if you smile at somebody, smile back. I was a really nice kid, kind of quiet until it came to gym class because I hate losing. I'm extremely competitive, but I'm sitting in class. I'm six years old. I look up at the board. You know, about the board, they always have the alphabet in school. 
and then above that, it had a little monkey that was facing, had his back to the class. It was a little picture that was kind of, what is the word? Um, it was plastic around it. I can't remember what the word is. Anyway, the monkey had his back to us, and it had, this is the right, and this is the left. And then you're like, okay, I know my right, and I know my left. But above that, I saw the most amazing thing that I had seen in my life at six years old. Like, when I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this thing was amazing. It was a scroll that was a picture of a scroll, and on it, it had the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. For some reason, I just thought this was the most amazing thing I had ever seen. And I literally remember saying to myself, so wait, if I'm really nice to people, they're going to be nice to me? Like, if I want to do really nice things for people, they're going to be nice to me? That's what I thought. I thought it was the most amazing thing. I'm like, this is what I believe in. This is how I'm going to live my life. And quite honestly, that's how I live my life today. But more importantly, (laughs) if you're really nice to people, this is not necessarily true that they're going to be nice back to you. And that's totally fine. India Ari says you got to love without expecting or give without expecting. And so once I learned that, I'm cool. I can move on with my life. But I just thought it was amazing. That's how I live my life. So now... At 36 years old, I give. I love to give. It's not fake. You know, some people are like, oh, my God, they might think that because I love to give and I love to inspire and I love to, you know, I'll give the shirt off my back to anyone. And they, some people might think it's fake. It's true. It's really who I am. I don't think I'm perfect. There are some days where I don't feel like being bothered and some days where I'm like, you know, I sometimes might cuss somebody out because they're getting on my nerves. And that's cool, you know, but for the most part, I love to give. I love to give to people because I love their uniqueness. I love the, I love what emotion people brings out. It's so fun to me. You know, one thing I try not to do is judge people. You know, they say don't judge a book by its cover. Well, sometimes I do. But most of the time I don't. If I don't like somebody right away... I really purposely get myself to talk to them even more because there has to be something inside that's amazing about them. I believe there's something amazing about everybody. I believe there's something amazing about you. Do you know what that is? I think it's time we talk about uncovering your potential. So while I can't, you know, get so much done in one podcast, and this is my first one, What I can talk about really fast is uncovering your potential, uncovering who you are. But first, I want to say, why should you believe me? You know, you can turn this off right now and be like, you have no credit. You don't even have a book. You know, you haven't written a a piece. I haven't heard you speak before. But I don't think that that's required. If I was walking down the street or if I went into Walmart and some woman started talking to me and she started telling me her story, I think I can be inspired by that just because she's unique and it's different. And right there, she started to uncover her potential. But what is it? I think to start to uncover your potential is going inside of yourself and going back to the mirror or going back to what's unique about you and taking those things, bad, good, and everything in between and just living in it for a moment. Just live in it. Take all of those things, kind of find your own calculation and say, this is me. This is something I need to fix or is this just me? What can you do with what you have inside of your body? What can you do with it? I'm not talking about the muscles inside. I'm talking about that feeling. That feeling. I'm going to say it again, that feeling. Do you know what feeling I'm talking about? That feeling that makes you just want to, you know, sometimes when I get really excited, I say, oh my God, that makes me feel like dancing. There's no music involved. I just feel it. And it makes me want to feel like dancing because dancing is my passion and dancing for me is living. But if you combine all of these things and you find your own calculation of who you are, do you feel it? Can you release that? Can you uncover all that and find the happy medium, the average person that you are inside and make that who you really are, it's hard to fit those puzzle pieces together. 
I don't think it's very possible to do it every day because we're growing every day and we're changing every single day. But the cool thing is, it's you. Every day you start with the perfect you. I don't think anyone's perfect, but if you really think about it, when you wake up in the morning, you're actually the most perfect you're going to be that day because that's where you are. So try to uncover your potential. Does it make sense to you? Maybe not yet. We'll get into it really really, really clearly one day. But I just want you to start to try to believe in who you are. Uncovering your potential, the golden rule, all of these are great. They're fun. They're motivational. But I want to talk about something really fun. Something you probably know about me. If you visit my Facebook page, every once in a while, you'll see a video of me dancing. Oh my God. You guys have no idea how much I love to dance. It's part of who I am. It's part of that average, that that thing that's inside of me. It's part of my calculation that it has to be there. It's something that literally has to be there. I personally feel like, and maybe I'm being judgmental. I'm a little judgmental sometimes, I guess. I think that everybody wants to dance. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I think there are times in your life where everybody wants to dance. And I think the common denominator with dancing is freedom. But most people out there don't see dancing as freedom. They see it as, oh my God, I'm not able to do that. But what I want you to think about is turn out the lights, no one can see you, you can't see yourself, your favorite song is on, and you're just moving. You don't judge yourself because you can't see yourself. No one can judge you because they can't see you, but you're moving. The feeling inside of your body, different shapes happening, different levels happening, your core is tightening. Sometimes you start to sweat. Sometimes you start singing a song that you're dancing to. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is what I love about dancing. I don't care if I'm the best dancer in the world or not, but what I do know is that when I dance, I dance hard, really hard. Like, I go for it. Nothing can stop me. I'll tell you a quick story of how much I love dancing and how I know that it can heal my soul if I'm in a bad mood. So here we go. So (laughs) this is kind of really funny. I'm going to tell this cliff cliff note version of this story, but then one day, I say one day because this is just the first podcast. It's not enough time for me to tell you full stories, but um, one day, or I'll I'll tell you this way. So my very first class that I ever taught, um, actually my very first class that I ever took was a class that I taught. That sounds weird and crazy. Some of you heard, have heard this story before, but I was a resident assistant in college. Um, you know, if you, if you didn't go to college, it's an RA. You're like in charge of your floor. You're like the leader of your floor, so on and so forth. But, um, what's really cool Oh my God, I just said so on and so forth. So sometimes I say so on and so forth and you're going to hear me say the word drink after it because me and my friends have this really fun thing. Some of us say, if I say so on and so forth, I say drink. Scott, he sometimes says that I was an ex-professional soccer player. We go drink. Danielle says, and here's why. And we say drink. And whenever Darren says Whole Foods, we say drink. So whenever we say something a lot, we say drink. That has nothing to do with anything about dancing, but I just want to let you know, I say so on and so forth a lot. It could get annoying, and you can even write me and say, Sean, you said it five times in this podcast. Actually, up until now, I don't think I said it. I think I'm making a conscious effort not to say it, because I know when my friends and family hear this, they're going to tease me for saying so on and so forth. So if you have a shot of Maestro the Bell right now, you've probably took four shots. Drink. So anyway, back to the dancing story. That makes no sense. But if you hang out with me, if you ever hang out with me, you need to know that there's a lot of drinking that goes on. Actually, it doesn't. You can be drinking water. You just have to pick up whatever's in front of you and drink it. So here we go. I was an RA in college. And so we had these like really cool building programs that we had to put together. Everyone was in charge of it on either floor. You know, so one week, floor one, second week, floor two, so on and so forth. There it is again. Drink. So what's really cool about it is that this uh, one of my friends, I don't remember her name right now, but she had to put on a building program and uh, it was a dance program in the lounge of our building. 
So I just want to kind of describe this lounge to you because it's really important part of this story. So if you walk into this building, um, this resident hall, you walk in, it looks kind of like an office building with a rug on the floor right away, kind of in an entrance. And the rug is kind of like a bluish green. It's really ugly. And you can tell a lot of drunk college kids came in here. It's kind of annoying. It kind of smells a little bit, but they did a good job cleaning it. But anyway, if right, if you turn to your right, you walk up two sets of stairs on either side and you go into this lounge. It has a bunch of chairs around, pretty cheap chairs, but hey, the kids are in there just studying and just doing whatever you do in the lounge, hanging out, playing cards, you know, just having a good time. But for this particular day, we moved all the chairs out the way. They had one TV, if you walk into the room, in the right-hand corner of the room. And so everyone started to filter into this room. It's a pretty big room, but it's not really big. But the problem is, it was a dance program. People are afraid to dance. So I think there was only like eight of us, maybe ten of us in there, which means half of us was the staff. But it was cool. We had to put it on. But this was the start of my life being completely changed. So we put in this DVD and it was really cool because I don't know if you remember Eric Neese, but he was in MTV's Real World season one. He was like the hot guy. Everybody loved him. He had dark hair. He had this amazing body. He was, you know, all the girls thought he was cute. I thought he's pretty handsome too. But I was more worried about the dance, and I was like, I don't care what you look like. Like, let's see what let's see what it is. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I just remember when they pushed play, and he started talking, and he was like, I don't remember what he said, but I do remember him being very charismatic, and there was a bunch of dancers behind him, and it was just really cool. They were all different ethnicities. They were all different shapes and sizes. I mean, they were not all super fit, but they were generally fit enough to move and dance with him. The music started, and we all just started dancing, following along with this. Some people were laughing, kind of giggling. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm fixated on this TV. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. And then there was this move called the salt and pepper. It wasn't like salt and pepper, like, push it real good. It was... It was, or maybe it was a pepper shaker or something like that. But I remember you were like kind of chasseing right and left and you were like moving your shoulders. I thought the move was really silly, but there was something about it. I was like, I need to conquer this. But before I continue the story, and I'm, you know I love dancing, I have to go back really quick. When I was eight years old, my mother told me, I went up to her and I said, Mom, I want to be a ballerina. So my mom looked at me kind of side-eyed. This is what she says. I really don't remember. She was like, Little boys aren't ballerinas. But what I was really trying to say to her is, I want to dance. So when she said little boys aren't ballerinas, I took it as boys don't dance. Which kind of sucked because she didn't really mean that. But that's how I took it and I never asked her about dancing again. So for the next, like, I would say 12 years, I would look at ESPN, the the cheerleading and dance competitions, and want to jump in the TV. So this time, at this building program when Eric Neese, the grime workout was on television on this, on this VHS, I was fixated. I was like, this is my time to dance. And I loved it. Finished the program. I told the, the RA that through the program, I was like, oh my God, this is great. I was sweating. Everyone else was still kind of laughing and kind of giggling because they didn't really get the moves. And they were like, oh my gosh, Sean, you did really good. But I was like, why are y'all laughing? Like, this is amazing. Anyway, cut to Um, I lost a lot of weight at one point in college, which I'll talk about next time. But I wanted to teach a class because our professors told us if you want to be really competitive in the fitness industry, you need to know how to teach group exercise. So, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, I'm not really I'm not really into Jane Fonda, you know, leg warmers teaching a high low aerobics class. I'm not really into step, you know. I want to teach a hip-hop class. I just thought it was more masculine. I thought it was more fun. I thought you could live a little bit. So that's what I did. I had the courage to go up to the rec center at Rowan University and ask Tina Pinochi. She was this really, really cool woman. She wasn't too tall, not too short. She had short, dark hair. You know, she was like one of them women where you know she was busy all day and she didn't really have time to do her hair, so she cut it short, but it still looked fly. I don't know. She had this really demeaning 
figure about her. Like, if you walked up to her, you needed to have something good to say. So I was like, I know I need to go in here and I need to be, I need to know what I'm going to say and tell her. So I walk in and I'm like, hi, I want to teach a group exercise class. And I really think I'm going to be really good at it because I just changed my major from communications to sports science. And I'm kind of going on and on before I can finish. She said, have you ever taught before? I said, no, but I'm telling you, like, this is going to be amazing. I was like so excited. I had so much confidence that this class is going to be amazing. I don't know why. I wasn't nervous at all. But anyway, she said, okay, we'll give it a try. She advertised it. We advertised it in the school paper. What was cool is that I kind of knew her and I knew a lot of administrators in the college because I was a pro. That's called peer peer referral orientation staff member. So by the time I was a sophomore, I was helping a freshman and helping orientate the freshman that came in. So it was cool. I knew people. So they kind of trusted me a little bit because they've seen me just kind of hanging out and being a leader to kids maybe one year younger than me. Anyway, back to the class. The day comes. I'm so excited. I'm like, I didn't have to make up choreography because I just watched that grind workout with Eric Nice over and over and over again. And I was like, I'm, this is going to be great. I got my music together. I think at the time we were still using tapes. I don't even remember. I just remember walking into the gym. And when you walk into the gym, the front desk is right there in front of you. Side note, I ended up working at the front desk and getting fired from there. But I'll tell you about that one day. Can you, can you guess why? It was because I talked too much. But we'll talk about that another time. So anyway, so when you walk in and the desk is right there and right to the left is kind of like the waiting area for the group exercise class that's kind of sitting right there in front. It could fit about 60 people. There were 90 people in the waiting area. It was crazy. Everybody who was going to the gym that day to just go upstairs and lift weights or go play basketball, do some kind of intramural sports would walk in and they would do be like rubbernecking, like it's as if you saw an accident down the road. They were like, why are so many people waiting at the group exercise class. Because most of the time it was only 10, maybe 20. My friend Mandy, who taught me how to teach further and and different types of aerobics classes, she had a lot of people because she was a really great step teacher. But most of the time, you would never, never, never see 90 people waiting. So then I get really nervous. I'm like, this is like the craziest thing I've seen. But being Sean, I walk in, head hell high, acting like, I got this on lock, but inside I was trembling. Like there was an earthquake happening to my heart. Like I literally thought I was about to have a heart attack, but I just smiled. I said hi to everybody. And Tina came in. You remember the woman who I had to ask to teach the one with the short, dark hair, really authoritative. Yeah. She came in and she said, okay, everyone, Sean's going to have to teach two classes because everyone can't fit. Excuse me. This is not what we agreed upon. I'm like one class. Let's get it done. I'm like, but I didn't say that because I told you she was really authoritative. And when she said something, she meant it. So I just sucked it up. I was like, this is going to be really tough. I got to teach for two hours and I've never taught before. Can you imagine? Some people can't even public speak. They don't even like public speaking. And I got to go up here and teach two classes of which I've never done before. And what if it sucks? Like, what if I'm horrible? Well, if you know me, I'm going to do the best that I can do. Anyway, this is how it goes. People fall in, people are laughing, people are joking, they're smiling. They kind of knew me already because I was a pro, but this is a different arena for me. I'm really in charge. There's no one. This is not a team up here. I don't have any other staff members that's helping me. It's me in front of this room, in front of the mirror, with a whole bunch of people behind me. And at that moment, like I do with all of my other workout videos that you see today, I stopped and I said, how am I going to get through this? I didn't know at the time that I needed to go into my deepest, darkest emotion to pull it out of me, but I did stop and think, how am I going to get through this? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And here it comes. I went in, I turned on the music, and it all came to me. It was the most amazing liberating feeling the dancing and the smiles on people's faces they just were having fun i don't even know if they cared if they got the moves or not i was teaching you know the very first song that was on my track on my playlist i still remember space jam look it up it was from i forget what movie but it was space jam and and the routine started like this if you're not driving or if you're not busy right now i want you to stand up and do this move Basically, it goes like this. You start with your right foot. You walk four times forward, right, left, right, left. And then you run in place eight times. Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. There it is. That was the first move. One. And then you walk with attitude. It was it. Put on your favorite song. Try it. Do it over and over again. But I remember that first move. And it was something about seeing a smile on people's faces and being really successful at getting 60 people to do the first move that carried me through it was amazing i had the best time i don't think i was the best at it but i had the best time and what was even more amazing is after the first class people were so happy to ask him when are you going to teach again i literally said right now because you remember tina said i had to teach two classes back to back the second one i went in with a little more confidence i was still nervous because now i felt like i had to do better than the last time and that was the tough part But I wanted these last 30 people to have an amazing time. Some people stayed for the second class, which I thought was amazing. But anyway, they had fun. I felt great. People smiled. People came back. Why? Because Tina asked me to teach. I wasn't certified. I didn't have my AFA certification at the time or ACE. Nothing. It was just that she believed in me. And that was the most amazing feeling that I got out of that. Someone believed in me do you know how that feels when someone believes in you and you do something for the very first time it was so overwhelming but so rewarding but so scary but yet so fun and it shaped who I am today that moment of someone believing in me when I'm new it's the first day I've ever done something I hold on to that every single day and that's why I say and I mean Sean T is your biggest cheerleader I promise you I'm your biggest fan yes you have a husband or a wife or boyfriend or girlfriend mom dad brother sister cousin best friend that is like you know I really believe in you I know you can do this when I say human in general I think I'm every human's biggest fan It sounds weird, it sounds crazy, sounds stupid, but because of the things that I've been through in my life and the thing that I know, things that have happened to me where people believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself, I carry it. I'm like, when someone starts their fitness journey for the first time, maybe they have a whole lot of weight to lose and they're so unmotivated. I'm like, no matter how much weight you lose, whether it's one pound, five pounds, 20 pounds, I believe in you. I've had the joy and the blessing and honor of people believing in me when I didn't even know if I knew how to do something. And that's where I began. That's how I started to define who I am today. Well, maybe that's not the start of it, but at least that's part of my career. There's more things that help define who I am. But my whole point is that I believe in you. So if you get nothing else from this podcast today, or if you get nothing else for the rest of the day, Or maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you had an amazing day. Just know that Sean T believes in you. Believes in you. You can suck your teeth and be like, yeah, well, whatever. Or you can say thank you. But I know in my heart that I believe in you. Because there are people who have believed in me along the way. 
I didn't get to this place by myself. I've had a lot of help and a lot of belief and a lot of support. Mostly, it comes from my husband, Scott. He's amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm gay. I didn't say that at the beginning because I don't leave with that. It's really not that important to me. Whether you believe in my lifestyle or not, to me, it's not a lifestyle. It's me. It's one of those things I was talking about earlier that's unique. This is me. It's part of who I am. I don't think if I was gay, I probably wouldn't be as successful as I was now. That might sound weird, but it shapes who I am. Everything that happens is part of my calculation. And I love who I am. Maybe not every day. Maybe sometimes I still have to go look in the mirror at my ass set before I get in the shower to believe in myself. I find those moments. But, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sean T. I believe in you. And there's a lot to take away from this. And there's more to come. So I hope you come back. And here we are. Moving toward the end of today. One thing I want you to know is every day, at the end of every day, look in the mirror, thank yourself for who you are, continue to trust and believe in you. I'll see you next time. Peace out. I want to give a huge shout out to Todd Midget. You can find him at NC Fit Club on Instagram and Facebook. Another huge shout out to Alex Colorado. You can find her at Alex Zero R-E-O on Instagram. They're both great. They help me with the podcast and they help us always trust and believe in who we are to get the message out that you have to know that you can do it. Check, check, one, two, three, check. For more support, visit me at facebook.com slash Fitness. Same on Instagram and Twitter. Or visit me at shantifitness.com for more support and more motivation. Check, check, one, two, three, check. For more support, visit me at facebook.com slash Shanti Fitness. Same on Instagram and Twitter. Or visit me at shantifitness.com for more support and more motivation.